This is the Future of Agriculture podcast, the show that explores the people, companies, and ideas shaping the future of agribusiness. If you're curious about innovations in ag tech, rural entrepreneurship, ag sustainability, or food security, this is the show for you. Let's get started. Well, hello there. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the Future of Agriculture podcast. My name is Tim Hamrich, and every week I get to feature the founders, farmers, innovators, and investors shaping the future of the ag industry. Now, today's episode is about a global problem that I will admit I have been largely unaware of. We're talking about heavy metals in our soil that not only can hurt crop production, way worse, they can make their way into our food. The spectrum of concern here ranges quite a bit from the U.S., which, as our guest is going to mention today, is lagging the world quite a bit on even establishing allowable thresholds for some of these heavy metals, all the way over to countries like China, where they're seeing major health issues with things like cadmium in rice, as an example. We have on the show Dr. Jemay Germain, who is the founder and CEO of Microgen Biotech. They have a microbial solution that, when applied to the root zone of a crop, makes the heavy metals bio-unavailable to be taken up by the plant. Microgen is a portfolio company of Fulcrum Global Capital, who has generously agreed to partner with me again on this episode. Now, I introduced you to Fulcrum back in episode 208, when I featured another one of their portfolio companies, PMP Optica. Then again, you heard from them in 213 with another portfolio company, Covercrest. Started by three accomplished investors who used to be responsible for the state of Kansas venture investment arm, Fulcrum Global Capital was formed to invest in startups looking to disrupt global agriculture, ag tech, or animal health. We're definitely talking global on today's episode. So be sure to check out those uh, last two, episode 208 and 213, if you haven't already when I actually introduce you to Fulcrum. But we're just going to kind of pick up where we left off. I've been getting some great feedback on this series with them as we get to hear from the investor perspective before we introduce you to the founder themselves. And that's exactly what we're going to do on today's episode. I have back with me Dwayne, John, and Kevin, the Fulcrum Global Capital Venture Partners, to help tell the story of what attracted them to Microgen Biotech. Now, for starters, I wondered if this was a company focused only on those severe problem areas with soil so toxic that they're causing health hazards or if they see this problem as more widespread. And managing partner Dwayne Cantrell says this is definitely a big global issue. The rice cadmium issue is front and center and it's massive, but we know that there are issues in wheat, winter wheat, durum wheat, particularly where there are issues with potato production, leafy greens coming off of the California Ag Valley, uh, cocoa uh, on a worldwide basis. So there are, there are issues that are global. The tailwinds, I think, are, are different. I think there are consumer tailwinds that are going to grow. As you look at the USDA report that Forbes put out last fall that 95% of all baby foods consumed in the United States have heavy metal content levels that are harmful to the development of organs and brains and infants and children, etc. So I think you're going to see a consumer tailwind, certainly government tailwinds in Asia, China particularly. The EU in January of this year introduced limitations on importation of food that exceed certain levels that they have prescribed for heavy metals. We are probably just a couple years away from 
not potentially being able to export some of our food uh, ag products to Europe because of that. I think the United States, frankly, is lagging a bit in this. And so whether it's government regulation in Asia, China, or Europe, or consumers beginning to demand uh, safer foods for consumption. But I think the area that will really drive that in the United States, North America, is going to be food companies. Food companies that stand up and say, look, we need to have input crops and products, whether it be wheat or potatoes or leafy greens. I mean, think about the spinach and rice that goes into baby foods, for example. Those food companies are going to have to begin to demand and expect solutions to to the products that are going into the foods that they are selling to the consumer. Now, as you could probably tell from what Dwayne just said, there's a lot of dynamics at play with a company like this. I mean, you have the obvious health concerns, the various government approaches in countries all over the world, and then you have the complicated science that actually makes these microbes effective. I asked venture partner and general counsel John Perriam if that makes it tricky to conduct their due diligence before investing in a company like this. When you're talking about diligence of this company, it's a pretty unique story. We met Covercrest at the same time, but whereas Covercrest was a completed deal in four months from first meeting based on Microgen, took 18 months or more before we were ready to invest. And part of that is what Dwayne was talking about. There was a deep science diligence here, but this is a unique company from FGC's perspective. It's an Irish company that's commercializing initially in China. And we're U.S. investors. So there are a lot of issues there. Uh, some are scientific, some are political, some are structural on how that was going to work. We won't view the company and the company doesn't view itself as a only China play. And so understanding how those other markets and when they would come online and how we could structure the company was was a heavy lift. But one that ultimately, because of the impact that we thought that this company would ultimately have was one that we finally saw through. But it was definitely a a unique diligence process from our perspective. Now, despite this extensive diligence process, the Fulcrum team remains extremely excited about the potential here for Microgen. Going back to managing partner Dwayne Cantrell, he says, it's not just about the obvious food safety impact they can have, but also the potential for higher yields for farmers. As we've spoken before about Fulcrum, we look at three areas yield, safety, and waste. And Microgen really connects on two of those three key focuses for us. So obviously, there is a food safety play here, maybe first and foremost, that is broad. Uh, And secondly, it is yield. And so when the plant does not have to suffer through abiotic shock, when it's fighting against the uptake of something that's unnatural, when you eliminate that shock, suddenly you get double-digit increases in yield. And that really is for us, maybe the secondary benefit, but certainly in a, in a COVID environment like this where yield becomes even increasingly important. So it hits really two of our three key focuses around yield, safety, and, and waste. And the Fulcrum team are not the only people impressed with Microgen. They just took home big honors at Samsung's Extreme Tech Challenge. Venture partner and CFO Kevin Lockett explains. Extreme Tech Challenge touts itself as the world's largest startup competition. Roughly submissions of companies from over 80 countries. I think they were approaching somewhere around about 3,000 applicants for this uh, Extreme Tech Challenge. They have categories that align with, I believe it's the UN's goals around sustainability. And what they do is they narrow that down to 
seven finalists in each of their categories. And then they also pick a winner in each of their categories. And so Fulcrum was very blessed to have two of its portfolio companies become finalists. If you dig into it a little bit, some of the world's most well-known VCs are a part of the investor panel and so forth, from Draper to you name it. And so uh, a lot of very well-known individuals that are selecting these companies and Fulcrum this year had great success with a couple of its portfolio companies. Ultimately, Microgen won the ag tech category, and Shimei was recognized as the top female founder of the year. These are obviously huge honors in one of the largest and most competitive startup competitions out there. So let's hear from her now. Born in China, she got her PhD in biotechnology for environmental remediation. Afterwards, she moved to Ireland, which would have been in 2001, where she lives today. After six years as a scientist for Pfizer, she quit because she decided she wanted to start a company. But not knowing yet what that company might be, her background and interests started to align when she took a trip to China as part of an Irish government trade mission. I'll drop you into the conversation there. I knew that time because one of the trade mission led by the Irish minister to China, and I was one of them go with the trade mission. And then when I was there, they were talking about what you work. I said working with Pfizer for drug discovery, and they was oh your PhD in there. I said no, my PhD is not. My PhD is in biotechnology for environmental remediation, and also you know applied to agriculture field to reduce heavy metal that protects the safety. And then the home, like a government and business in China, those、um, people over there got so excited. So they were saying, like, "Oh my God, if we do something that will help Earth, help China to tackle the soil pollution problem, and most severe is about food safety, people's health problem, about heavy metals and all the pollutions in the agricultural field." So that's motivated me developing that business plan, have my co-founders and all together. And start up a microgen biotech and focus at the first couple of years mainly into the、um, bioremediation actually to use the micro we have a patent two technologies and that using that we can clean up oil field pollution and combining microbiome microbe with plants so our microbe that's how it evolved into agriculture right our it's always microbe associated with plant so the plant they need to grow healthy and better and more yield to help the remediation as well so then you know in 2015 and I saw buyer、uh, acquired AgriQuest for、uh, half million and that's where we see. And、uh, like Indigo, probably later, like、uh, other inocular, you know, different agbiome.、Uh, all these companies that start up is just microbiome wave in human, in plant, in soil, and then we saw it in agriculture. So at that point,、uh, we just decide we need to capture this opportunity. You know, before the opportunity is in China, and we now we need to capture this opportunity globally for agtech and food. And what we do use microbes into、uh, reduce heavy metals and increase yield at the same time, and also remediate the soil. It will be benefit for three major. And the first is impact each one of us for health, so directly community and benefit to every consumers, and will help the government. You know, like China, United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization, 
and uh, each of the government trying to set up regulations and to want farmers and food companies to meet this standard. And the third is a very big, and which is connected to my heart, is always, especially for after the, you know, now we are in the COVID-19 scenario. It's you and me health and then otherwise the health of the soil that support us to eat. So that makes me really, really, um, I suppose, honored that someone gave me this opportunity and worked for the last couple of years. And we can not only help every one of us get healthy by reduce heavy metal, and we cure the earth. We are curing the earth for pollution, for giving them better diversity, healthy soil. That's our key, you know, healthy people, healthy soil. And then the farmers get yield benefit. Okay, well, I've got to admit, this whole problem of heavy metals and soil is relatively new to me. So if anybody's listening and they're kind of right there with me, can you give us a sense of this problem, heavy metals and soil, where they come from, why they're there, and how big of a problem it is? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So heavy metal in soil, absolutely, like you said, most people wouldn't even aware of that. And even aware of this, probably they just think, oh, this must be some industrial pollution, and it's a hot spot. And it's absolutely not heavy metal in the soil. Heavy metal impact all soil in a globally and impact every crops that farmers are producing and uh, every kind of a food we're eating. So if I tell you the, where they come from, then you will know why is such a big problem across all acres of soil. So A, which we always know, I, I imagine for everybody, oh, that's from pollution. Yes. There is a pollution problems, you know, for example, in developing country or the country like US, Europe, previously, we all have a pollutions, right? So that's one of the source where the heavy metal from. And then the major heavy metal in the soil, every acre of soil is arsenic, cadmium, lead, mercury. So arsenic, uh, cadmium, lead are the top three. And because they are widely exist in every acre of soil and they are in every food we are eating. Seriously, I'm talking about every food we are eating. There's nearly zero levels of heavy metals and these all come from 90% of this heavy metal in our food come from the soil through the crop chain, through the food chain. And so that's from industry uh, pollution. The second is from the soil naturally, just natural rock, contain levels of cadmium, lead. And the third, which you will definitely from this point will know why this is widely spread to every acre of land is from phosphate fertilizers. There's nearly no fertilizers, phosphate fertilizers does not contain high level of cadmium. So every country put fertilizer in their field, the cadmium continually to increase for last 50, 60 years, whenever they use the fertilizers. And then for arsenic is the pesticides. Company produced all pesticides previously contain arsenic. So most of them. And then that's just add. So every acre if they use phosphate fertilizers, they use pesticides, they will have a problem. Or they do have a problem now, cadmium and arsenic. So that's the major where they're from. And if you look at what this big problem actually caused, if you look at the three reasons, industry or the natural, natural rock of the soil habit or the fertilizers and, and the pesticides, 
And actually, it's not majority. Of the problem is not from the industry. Majority problem are the other two. You know, the adding of fertilizers, the adding of pesticides for every acres of agricultural land, and then places like Ireland and and like in in California, so the natural rock formed, and then they have a high cadmium condition. So, given that, you can imagine how big impact that could be in the soil. And then look at Europe. Children in in Europe. They took two times higher level of cadmium and arsenic in their body, exceed the safety level. So in Europe, we have the EFAS, European Food Safety Authorization, set up the limit for every people. So see, this is safe level, which is two point five microgram per kilogram of body weight per week. That's they will see the safe level. Children's average level is a five. Right now in Europe. Yeah, right now in Europe, yes, safety level is two point five, and the children's a five. And then vegetarian. So this is an even bigger problem. You know, now we、uh, say, okay, encourage the world to take more vegetables and go to plant-based food, and and also current impact people really take lots of vegetables and greens like rice and wheat, and really impact for the vegetarian people. So average vegetarian, it's seven point five. So safe level is two point five. Vegetarian seven point five. So it's three times. So if in Europe and it's coming from the food, how's that happening? I mean, you're saying that they have strict thresholds, but somehow it's still getting in. So how is that happening? What's going on there? Okay, so this problem wasn't recognized. Let's say four years ago or three years ago. So in Europe, they do have many data stated that fifty-eight percent of the arable land are land polluted with heavy metal, basically exceed the threshold level. So they do have the soil pollution, and later on, keeping have they do set up the、um, the levels, like the regulatory levels, the safety level of the food. For example, in rice. You see, in rice, the maximum ar、uh, cadmium arsenic containing is a zero point two ppm, which is a microgram per milligram. So they do have all these regulations for each of the food. And then after that, in let's say four years ago, that document was out. So they were carry out a years of research. So asked each of the country, taken thousands of samples across all type of food. Rice, wheat that you know come to Europe and are produced in Europe, vegetables and root potatoes and and also like beef and seafood. Trying to analyze, you know, each of the country provided this data to European commissioners and they analyze it. And then the second study at that time, same time they're doing it, is to study what is kind of a guided safe level for people to take. And they have a lot of toxicity tests and stuff like that. So、um, they said the level is like two point five microgram per kg of body weight. That's set up there. We are ahead. Yours is the worst. <laughs> you don't even have the heavy metal levels in the crop because you know Europe and China and、uh, some other like Japan, all the other countries, they have regulations of what's the Just safe level of arsenic and cadmium in rice, in wheat, in in spinach, in beans, in peas, whatever the devil have us levels, and U.S. have a arsenic and cadmium legal level for water. They haven't have the 
levels in food yet. However, consumer drive, you do have the clean food and those kind of uh, like consumer drive organizations and state how serious this problem was. And uh, it was done many research and published in Forbes and Fortune. For example, the end of last year, Forbes published an article that 95% of the baby food contain toxic heavy metals and cadmium arsenic. There's still something we're missing here, though, like the so what of, yes, twice the legal level. But like, what does this mean for human health? I understand versus what the government says it should be versus what it is. But I'll tell you, like the American perspective would be like, well, I feel fine. You know what I mean? So like, help us understand what the problem is to human health. If I have twice the acceptable threshold of cadmium in my body, what's that mean? So um, let me try to see what the cadmium arsenic was placed into the toxicity on the list. You know, for the United Nations, we have a big list. What is the most toxic chemicals or compounds to damage our health, which, you know, could cause cancer, brain damage and or kidney damage. So they, they have the top list, you know, they have maybe hundreds of lists. So arsenic and cadmium, especially arsenic, listed on the top 10. So... If you're thinking, okay, generally you don't inject in them, you know, the, the compound, it will touch a little bit, we could die. But, um, you know, just to tell you the severity of heavy metal in general of those, those couple of them, arsenic, cadmium, lead, they are very, very on the top list. So that's why we have environmental companies, they clean up oil pollution, they clean up all these uh, toxic organic pollution because they are all on the list of impact all our health. It's about cancer our kidney damaging or all of this for example with with cadmium it's a very very you know like it's proved that they're a carcinogenic cause cancer and it's caused brain damage that's why it's so important for children you know imagine the amount you, you can't really see cause cancer now straight away you know that's long term but short term they cause that brain damage which is the iq development so that's very obvious of the cadmium arsenic this heavy metal effect for children and for individual autophers, there's a big outbreak in Japan and years ago and in a couple other places because they're huge, like the kidney damage. So there's no functions of kidney. In Japan, there's a really massive outbreak with that. And that's how they initially 20 years ago did use like an environmental remediation way to clean up their agricultural soil because it causes the home village have this outbreak of consuming of cadmium uh, to damage. There's so many more questions I could ask you about the problem because this is, you know, very interesting and obviously an important part, but I do want to get to the business itself. Essentially, what are your microbes doing to solve this problem specifically? We basically, our microgen, we are platform technology plus product company, application company. So we developed this functional microbiome uh, platform technology, which allow us to use this platform, you know, integrating omics data analysis, data science, and also high throughput screening to allow us to screen microbes that have the function for bioremediation, for plant growth promotion, and for the area where we are doing to reduce heavy metals in crop. So that's our platform technology that can apply it across different industry and problems. We have our first product that is developed registered in China with the Chinese ministry. And that product is for reducing cadmium 
in rice and uh, at the same time to increase the rice yield. And then the third function is the microbes, when applied to the field with, together with the, uh, with the crop, it can also clean up soil pollution. If people really don't understand why, because the heavy metals still be in the soil, why we can't clean up soil pollution. So with the heavy metals, if we call it remediation cleanup, it's not about to pull them out. So as long as you can make the heavy metal non-bioavailable, so once uh, any compounds or metals, if they are not bioavailable, that means you and me as any organisms cannot absorb because it can't dissolve in water and they won't go into the crops. They won't be injected by earthworm. So it's not going to be infected in earth because we won't absorb it. So uh, our microbes can make the heavy metals non-bioavailable uh, in the soil. And then in the remediation industry, that is called clean up the soil or soil remediation. So um, when the heavy metal in the soil, when they are available, so they actually really damage the soil health because they can damage in the biodiversity of the soil and also impact very, very heavily on carbon sequestering, which is we are really serious about it, you know, carbon sequestering for soil health. And also it's really impact the nitrogen cycles as well. So within all of the, you know, the, just the heavy metal itself in the soil, when it's available, you know, bioavailable form, the impact of the soil health, carbon sequestering, and also the nitrogen, uh, the soil fatality. That's why, why if you have the heavy metal in the soil that they are toxic, the plant yield is reduced. Before we develop product, we have to make a map what we want to the product function. You know, it's like you develop iPhone, what they need to be. So we actually this very, very clearly. We don't want the farmers to add another money, extra cost for using another product, solving another problem is on top of that. And then, you know, we the farmers have a problem, they have to do it because regulations, otherwise their food is not going to be sold and it's going to be destroyed. So we knew that our product will first have to reduce the heavy metal, which is our position in this food safety. So it has to reduce heavy metal in the crop. And at the same time, it needs to increase the crop yield. So once you, have, you know, apply our product, and then thirdly, the soil health needs to be improved. So that means the microbes combination we have, have to have simultaneously have this tree function. Then that can benefit human health by improve the food safety. Giving farmers five times ROI when they use our product is not an extra cost for them. It's going to be not let them to meet the regulatory legal limit. At the same time, they can capture the values and buy uh, the yield as well, and also by 10%. Because we knew some of the farmers, if they produce their rice have low arsenic, they can get 10% premium. And now it's already now in the market, for example, in Italy, near America, they get this 10% premium if theirs one is lower than others uh, region. So they already can capture the values if the produce is, is lower than that. So who pays? You said you don't want an added cost for the farmer. I, I missed who pays for okay. the product. That's going to the business model. So which we are working on this outside because in China, it's very, very clear. We're direct sales. We have all operations there. We have, uh, you know, we already have over two million sales this year there already. 
and uh, we have our production, have our like we have the home suite of operation there as already. And then you know we definitely direct sales models. So outside China, there's uh, the business model we are chasing is um, now we are chasing we are testing. It's either with working with the food companies or, or the ingredient companies in the general mail, cargo, or all of these companies. So we are testing, see whether they be our partners. We can work with them and they can let us, their farmers, to use. And uh, then they collecting back what they produced and uh, get a higher price. But that is a, just we thinking that model will work. But existing now, we already have a commercial agreement with one of the company in the USA. So our agreement is uh, using the product we developed. If we can reduce the arsenic levels, and then our partners already have resources that if the cadmium is lower, their resources will collecting the rice with the 10% premium. I'll go back to Italy. So Italy, we already have a farmers and you know partner with us. So basically, these models in, in there already existed, but the farmers get frustrated. They don't know which part of my land I should produce low arsenic rice, which part is increased. But they knew their companies, you know, collecting their rice when they harvest. So they testing their arsenic. If they are lower than the levels they request, they get fifteen percent premium. With their rice in Belgium, there's nearly toward one third of spinach destroyed every season. That because of those spinach uh, exceed the cadmium level that's set up by European Commissioner. And so, with your product, uh, I know you said it makes the cadmium not bioavailable anymore, but the cadmium's still there, right? I mean, it's there; it's just not bioavailable. So uh, what we are doing is we make the soil healthier around the root zone by each season applying. You know, with the soil health, it proves, let's say, 1% to 5% each season we're applying. So our goal at the end, we, and we really believe we can make the food is 100% free of the heaven metal cadmium arsenic going to the crop. If we can produce our food with, uh, for example, blocking the heavy metal, going in the food, and at the same time increases the, uh, the yield. And that's how this um, heavy metal connected to our health. So that's our first priority with that. But again, same time, like I said, we improve the soil health by each season. But that is a slow process. But there's no other solutions for dealing with the soil pollution, uh, the soil heavy metal, because that we've been trying for the last 30 years. It's not about you pull them all out from the, from the agriculture, and that's not going to happen for millions of years, whatever the way they're doing. It's all about you, how do you block them to make the food safer and also same time improve this soil health. And that will be sustainable, environmentally sustainable, economically sustainable. It's good for the farmers, good for the government, good for every consumers, you know, impact every one of us. It sounds like, you know, you've got this product that you're proven works and you're making progress. It sounds like you have an agreement in the US. I know you're working on the projects in China and you're elsewhere. Why do the platform thing? So what's the significance of the platform? It's very, very important as um, it allows us to actually produce or develop product that is a crop specific. We do have the product now for reducing cadmium in rice. And also we test our product on wheat, on spinach, 
and also on courage. That's the key function of the platform. We have so we not just have one product and then go forever. So the platform will allow us to do this. And second, our platform allow us to dealing with the multiple heavy metals and the multiple uh, pollutions in our food and for soil. So, for example, in Africa, the soil can be the combination of heavy metal pollution with oil pollution. And so, using this platform, we can get product that not only can block the heavy metal going to food, same time to improve the soil health by making the heavy metal non-bioavailable, and also the microbes in there、uh, can have the function to biodegrade oil pollution. This is our unique and differentiate from any other companies globally. Any of one of them. Were very very different from them. So, those companies use the microbiome for mainly focus on increased yield and about pesticides. So we mainly focus on food safety and、uh, the pollution in the soil. And combining with them, we have a product solving the earth health problem and at the same time give the farmers immediately benefit and long term is for environmental sustainability. You know, tech for good. What that's what we're trying to say here. I want to go back to earlier. You said yield increase. The yield increase with your product does it come from getting the heavy metals out of the way and then they actually do better, or is there something in addition to the focus on making the heavy metals non-bioavailable that、uh, helps boost the yield? The microbe have three mechanisms. So one is the microbe can encapsulate the heavy metal inside of the cell. So you think about the anti-bullet jacket. So they colonize the root and they can block it. You know that's the first mechanism. At the same time, the microbe will use always natural microbe come from soil, come from the, the plant. We need the microbe have the function that they secrete metabolites. Those can binding the heavy metal on there as well. So make that unavailable to go into crop. And then on top of that. The microbe have have a capability to secrete metabolites like a carbonate and also sulfate. They can make the cadmium, for example,、uh, like a precipitate. So once the precipitate, they have it's not available. So through those functions, so that like blocking the microbe going to the going to crop, and also when we talk about why that impact the crop yield. So once they have a metal not available, it doesn't cause toxic effect. To the crop itself, so you think you know those metals cause damaging, like they are highly carcinogenic or causing skin or brain damage to human. The abiotic stress for the plant. So with heavy metals higher level or with some level that immediately to impact the yield of the crop, just by blocking the heavy metal, the blocking the contact of the heavy metal with the plant, that will improve the plant health. So they increase crop yield, and second, when we're screening the microbes, we're always screening the treat of plant growth promotion treat. You know, for example, like those kind of plant hormones that naturally like produced by the microbes that can increase the plant yield, and also the, for example, nitrogen fixation or phosphate solubilization capabilities. Those are the treat to increase crop yield. Actually, the microbe we are develop or the product they are plant growth promoting microbiome or microbe combination 
and that can reduce the heavy metal or increase the food safety. So they do have those genetic traits that can enhance the plant growth yield as well. So by combining the block and the heavy metal to increase the plant health, that will enhance the yield. And second, they have the, it's like a biofertilizers capability that increase the yield as well. And to just give you one last point on there, it's recent research that's published by Stanford. Uh, they are studying arsenic in rice problem. Their research now is already in the news and, and also published in Nature Communication. So they actually studied what impact the toxic arsenic in crop, in rice, and also impact the yield. So the conclusion there is based on the last couple of years, and they studied all of this, and it's not like based on predicting the future. They actually did that climate change already in last years to increase the arsenic availability in the soil. And uh, it's already reduced the 30% of rice yield in California. Incredible. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed this. And I think it's going to make for a great episode. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much again to Dr. Jamey Germain. I hope that your eyes were opened like mine were to this massive global problem of heavy metals in soil and ultimately in food. It really sounds like there are very few other solutions out there for this, so I wish her and her team the very best of luck as they continue to expand. Thanks again also to Fulcrum Global Capital for partnering with me on this episode. If you're enjoying these Fulcrum episodes, so that includes this one as well as Covercrest and PNP Optica, I'd sure like it if you would uh, share on social media and tag both me and Fulcrum to let us know that this is content that you're enjoying. Thanks, as always, for your time and attention. I really don't take it lightly. I'm actually on vacation this week, so howdy from the trail of Wyoming, but I'll be back next week with another story of ag innovation. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Future of Agriculture podcast. If you like what you heard here today, I'd love to connect with you further. Go over to futureofag.com, that's futureofag.com, and let me know a good email address for you so we can keep in touch. Also, you'll be able to check out a ton of bonus content on the blog while you're there. Otherwise, make sure you're subscribed to the show so you can catch another fascinating ag innovator here next week. Music